This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody. It's the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, and there's a lot to get to today. Brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. On today's show, we're talking baseball, and I got a major beef with one GM in the big leagues. NBA playoffs, what you expected to happen last night, happened. Plus, the Kentucky Derby this weekend, Monzo will give us a little preview of that. That's all coming up in today's edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, folks. I got no time to mess around here. Let's get right to Major League Baseball. We're a month into the season, a month and change. Teams have played about 30, 32, 33 games, whatever it is. We got about 130 games left on the schedule. Nothing's been decided. Yes, to some extremes. The Tampa Bay Rays would be a miracle if they didn't make the playoffs. 26-6 and six on pace to win an absurd 135 games. The Oakland Athletics, I guess that's been decided. They are not going to the playoffs. They are 6-26. and 26, Tampa Bay 26-6. and six. Like Tampa Bay, well, in the opposite, though, Tampa Bay on, on, on pace to win 135 games. The A's on pace to lose 135 games. I told you before the season they're one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They've did no, done nothing to disprove that through 32 games. We know the Rays are really, really good. We know Oakland's terrible. And there's some other teams that, you know, are at the extreme level as well. Um, like St. Louis at 10-22. and 22. But even them, who have lost six in a row and are 10 games out of first in the NL Central, I'm not counting them out. I'm not counting the Pirates into the playoffs at 20-12. and 12. They've now dropped four in a row. The National League Central's a mess. Every team in the Central... Uh, four of the five teams in the Central have lost at least three in a row at this point. The Braves are 22-10. and 10. They're probably going to make the playoffs. We thought they'd make the playoffs when the season began. And Kansas City, as we expected, is awful at 8-24. and 24. Chicago, the White Sox, pretty extreme at 10-22 and 22 as well. One team that is currently in last place, although that doesn't tell the story because Unlike the other last place teams, the Rockies twelve and twenty, the Cardinals ten and twenty-two, the Nats thirteen and eighteen, the A's six and twenty-six, and the Royals eight and twenty-four, being last in the American League East is not the most embarrassing thing because the Yankees in last place are seventeen and fifteen. They're nine games out, yes, but they're over five hundred. And if the playoffs started today, the Yankees would not be in the playoffs, of course. However, they're only a game and a half back of Boston, who right now would be the final team in the American League playoffs. So a long way to go. When the season started, I predicted the Yankees would not make the playoffs. When they're a game and a half out and two games over 500, I'm hardly going to pat myself on the back for being right. I'm not stupid. There's 130 games to go. Okay? So I'm not, there's no bragging here or anything. 
However, yesterday I heard <clears throat> Brian Cashman, the general manager of the Yankees, talking about don't give up on us yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't give up on us yet. We're dealing with injuries. Okay, that's where you lost me, Brian Cashman. Now, I have been a routine critic of Brian Cashman going back 20 years. I've always felt this man was the most overrated guy in all of baseball. He, it, it's like, it, it's like if you're born a billionaire and then you become an adult and or you're born into a, a family of, your dad's a billionaire, your mom's a billionaire, whatever. And then you become an adult, your parents die, you inherit their money and you're like, I'm a billionaire as if you earned it. Okay, Brian, the Yankees, the entire time Brian Cashman's been there, he has had a massive advantage that most other teams have not. Now, in recent years, the Mets and the Dodgers, occasionally one or two other teams will be in that ballpark. But but for consistently for 25 years, as this guy's been GM, he has had a massive advantage. That massive advantage is money. No matter how good you are as a GM, the Rays and the Guardians Two best front offices in baseball. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Ultimately, those teams have not won a World Series. They've come close, both of them. They haven't won, right? Part of that is the payroll. Can you imagine if those great front offices had anywhere close to the payroll that the Yankees do? Excuses of injuries? That's what it's come to, to for the great Yankee organization? Well, let me tell you this. First of all, with all their payroll and all their big swinging you-know-whats, their lineup's not that good to begin with. It wasn't good last year. It's not good this year. Part of the problem, they've built it with a lot of old players. All the guys that are hurt, Josh Donaldson, old. Giancarlo Stanton, getting old. Aaron Judge, not old, but he's been injury prone. So is Donaldson. So, so is Stanton. That's from a hitting standpoint. Those guys get hurt. Judge didn't get hurt last year. He's been hurt every other year. The Yankees lineup wasn't that good with Judge and Stanton, who's inconsistent, and Donaldson, who's passed his prime. It stinks right now. Sure, it's worse right now. But it wasn't that good to begin with. Who's that special in this lineup? <clears throat> Anthony Rizzo, still a good player. He's not what he was. He's not an all-star anymore. Gliber Torres, people were killing the Cubs for trading Gliber Torres for Aroldis Chapman. Cubs won the World Series. Torres has been just a guy. Got off to a nice start this year, first couple of weeks. Hasn't done much since. The rest of their lineup is a bunch of guys. And maybe they'll be better than that eventually. But at this point, just a bunch of guys. Anthony Volpe, my God. Now listen, he's 22. I'm not, he's played a month. I don't mean to be overly critical. I don't mean to be critical at all, but he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't done much. It's not like he's been, you know, every, the, the hype for this kid. And again, he may be worth it, but we've seen other young Yankees hype before and then fall on their face. Anthony Volpe is hitting 220 with a 325 on base. He's got three homers. He's not blowing me away. So if you're the Yankees, if you're the Yankees, 
I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about injuries. The lineup's not that good. Yeah, it's worse without the guys, but you're talking about guys that are injury prone. Okay, let's talk about now the starting rotation. Garrett Cole's been phenomenal. Magnificent. But who's hurt? Carlos Rodon. He now he stayed healthy last year again, like Judge. Consistently been hurt. Frankie Montes, you knew he was at an injury when you traded for him. And Severino's been hurt like five years in a row. Again, I don't want to hear nothing about the injuries. These are injury-prone players. How about the bullpen? Yankees didn't build a good bullpen this season. They were relying on Clay Holmes, who had a good you know, two months last year. The guy's 30 years old. I know bullpens are up and down, but come on. Their bullpen stinks. Well, I'm supposed to feel bad because Jonathan Loisaga, hey, I knew I'd get it eventually, is hurt, or Lou Trevino? Lou Trevino's 32. Tommy Canley's 34. They're older pitchers. What do you expect? Yankees bullpen, not impressed. The Yankees, in the end, their their strength on paper of healthy was their rotation. Nestor Cortez pitched well last year. And, you know, he's been not great so far this year. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great. And when's Rodon coming back? Okay, when's Severino coming back? Maybe soon. You got you confident he's going to stay healthy again when he comes back? Confident Stanton and Judge and Donaldson waiting for all these guys. I get it. The Judge thing in particular is a great player. Okay, other teams are dealing with injuries. I don't want to hear from the GM of the richest team in baseball that they that well we got injuries. Tampa Bay's got their closer, just went on the injured list. Tampa Bay's got two of their best starters. Tyler Glass now hasn't pitched all year. Jeffrey Springs has been one of the best pitchers in baseball since the beginning of last year. Tommy John surgery's out for the year. I don't hear no whining by Tampa. All I see is they keep winning. They got Shane McClanahan, who's been phenomenal, obviously, since last year, been absolutely great. Eflin and Rasmussen have done the job. They bring in other guys. They get the job done. Flexibility in the pen. Closure goes down. Let's turn to Jason Adams, as a career journeyman. He's going to pitch well. He's part of our system. That's what we do. Don't have enough starting pitching. Use an opener. Boom. We're creative. They're not worried about guys' facial hair. A stupid, obnoxious rule by the Yankees with their dopey facial hair rules. I hope the Yankees never make the playoffs again. The Rays aren't loaded with high-priced talent. Who's making a lot of money on their team? None of their hitters are that I can think of. Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, Randy Arozarena, Brandon Lau, Harold Ramirez, they picked up off waivers. Same thing for Isaac Paredes. Bethancourt, I believe, too. They got no payroll. 
injuries my ass. What is the payroll differential between the the Yankees payroll is 280 million. Two, only behind the Mets. 280 million. The Rays payroll is 74 million. The Yankees payroll is about four times Tampa. Talk about injuries. What kind if the if Tampa had the Yankees payroll, the hell would their roster look like? So I want to hear now. It's early. True. Don't count out the Yankees. Of course, I don't count out the Yankees. What kind of idiot's going to count out the Yankees? They're over five hundred the first week of May. But Brian Cashman could screw up all the time because he knows they have the money to spend it. The Rays can't every. If the Rays make one mistake, it screws them. The Yankees can make a million mistakes, and they have. Plenty of stupid deals. The Montes trade last year was idiotic. They're so arrogant. Their fans are freaking arrogant too. I I want to hear nothing from Brian Cashman. I was so embarrassing when I heard those comments. Injuries. Give me a break. Meanwhile... Longtime Yankee rivals, the Boston Red Sox, are red hot. Boston's won six in a row to go from last place to third in the American League Central. And they did it against some pretty good teams. The Guardians won two out of three against the Guardians. I know the Guardians aren't playing great, but they're a pretty good team. And then they just swept a four-game series with Toronto. And their bats were cooking. Six, seven, eight, and 11 put up by the Red Sox in this series. They're right now trending in the right direction. I'll tell you a guy who's playing great baseball for Boston. Um, Well, there's a few guys, but Alex Verdugo. Remember, they got him from the Dodgers in a deal. He's playing really well. He actually didn't play yesterday. I think he was sick. But he's played really well um, for Boston. Love what he's doing. And Masataka Yoshida, who they got got from Japan this offseason, he's been absolutely phenomenal, too. Obviously, Devers. Those three guys have uh, 73 RBIs and 22 home runs. They all have an OPS of 849 or higher. A lot of extra base hits from those guys. Red Sox have kind of been under the radar, um, and they're, they're, right now they're playing well. But everybody's catch got to catch Tam. Obviously, Balt- Baltimore's playing great baseball. And again, you look at the rosters, and and on paper, you know, it's not like Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay's roster has a lot of names that the average baseball fan wouldn't know. The team is being brought up by chemistry, by managers. Same thing in Baltimore; they're not a star-studded lineup. Baltimore, look at their pitching staff. I mean, their their best pitcher is supposed to be Grayson Rodriguez. Top prospects called up. He got smoked yesterday. They still won. They scored 13 runs. I think they won 13-10. He had a terrible performance. I I, I picked, I did win uh, my best bets yesterday. I did have Baltimore minus a run and a half. I, they didn't win the way I expected. I thought Grayson Rodriguez would pitch well. He did not, but I got lucky to get the win. Um 
But they have no names. Like It's a bunch of guys in their rotation. It's a bunch of guys in their pen, but they're doing a nice job. Being managed up, being coached up, however you want to put it. Yankees need to do a little more of that. And speaking of Yankees, Aaron Boone is not a particularly good manager. I think this has been known for a while. Um, but uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Aaron Boone's not a particularly good manager. Now, I, I have to talk about the other New York team. Uh, this is not a New York podcast. I just happen to have some thoughts on the New York baseball teams today. The Mets, they stink right now. They can't hit. Max Scherzer looks lost in the soup. Uh, I, I mean, I, I are Met fans defending the cheating from Max Scherzer? Because he, because I mean, come on, let's face it, he used too much of the sticky stuff. It's obvious. I don't care what he says. He got appropriately suspended. But I got to talk about what happened. If you don't know, folks, if you're not a Mets fan or a Tigers fan, nice job by the Tigers sweeping a three game series. Tigers are thirteen seventeen. They're playing better. Good for them. That $350 million Met payroll has him at 500. Wait, way to go so far. Uh, in the ninth inning of this game yesterday, I saw one of the dumbest all-time moves by a player. Um, one out in the ninth. The Mets are down 2 nothing. All right, it's not one nothing. Mets are down 2 nothing in the ninth inning. Brandon Nimmo gets a base hit. And he tries to steal second and gets caught. Can somebody explain to me? And by the way, after the game, he he basically said, well, I, you know, I can't get caught in that situation. But he basically made it seem like he'd do the same thing again. Does Brandon Nimmo not understand that when you're down by two runs in the ninth inning, you can't try to steal a base? What What is he doing? I mean... I guess you're trying to stay out of a double play. And I know stolen base percentage is up this year, but that is an all-time dumb move. You don't try to steal second base when you're down two runs. If they were down one run, then okay. Then I understand the risk versus the reward. Then the reward makes sense. But when the only thing you're gaining about trying to steal a base is to potentially stay out of a double play, it makes no sense to try to steal in that situation. Even more so because, the, you know, you, you, your hitter that's up is is a good base runner. So it's not, I mean, unless you hit a bullet to second or short, there's not a high percentage chance of a double play there. So Brandon Nimmo, get a clue, pal. You just got paid a lot of money. You're overpaid. <laughs> it's so funny. Mets and Yankees fans both think that, well, we have to pay these guys because they're so stuck in these high payroll modes. Like, it's like, well, we got to pay. Like, Edwin Diaz, we got to pay him. No, that was stupid. And it has nothing to do with him getting hurt. I said it at the time. I'll stand by it now. To pay a closer $20 million a year, which whatever they paid him, is stupid. Why do you have to pay him? Because he's on your team now? Because you feel pressure from the fans? That's stupid. Teams that make decisions based on what the fans want are idiots. 
paying a closer twenty million a year, whatever the hell they I gotta double check that how much they paid Edwin Diaz per year. And again, I guarantee you most of my New York colleagues will say, Bull, you're out of your mind. The Mets can spend whatever they want. Okay. Can they spend they they didn't get Carlos Correa in the end? Edwin Diaz, let's see. He's making oh oh let's see. Uh, 21, 20. Oh, he's making more than 20 million a year on average, including the, well, there's player options. It's a, let's say 20 million a year, roughly. Okay. My dog is uh, pestering me to pet him. So I'm going to pet him while I do this. Um, paying 20 million to a closer makes no sense ever, ever. I don't care how good he is because closers go up and down. No relief pitchers worth 20 million a year. It was a stupid move. It remains a stupid move. And not because he got hurt. I said it long before that. It's a stupid, stupid move to spend $20 million on a closer. But my New York friends are not going to get that. Because they're caught in a different mode. By the way, most of the time you spend big money on a player, it doesn't pan out for the team. Most of the time. That's the reality. We as fans scream and yell, we want our players signed. But most of the time, when you, re- when you sign a player to big money, especially when they're late 20s, early 30s, it rarely works out for the team. Now, we don't care, especially if you're a New York fan, because the payrolls are so high, and they can afford some mistakes, but not all. If you can afford anything, then the Yankees wouldn't wouldn't be as flawed as they are, and, and the Mets to some degree. I actually think the Mets are less flawed than the Yankees. And I actually, and I thought, that, to be full disclosure, I think the Mets, Pick the Mets to go to the World Series. And I still think the Mets are better than the Yankees, and I still think the Mets will turn it around. But I, 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 I will stand by that Edwin Diaz contract being stupid. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I thought, hey, you got Scherzer and, and Verlander in the playoffs. You're in great shape. Well, that's if they're both still the pitchers that they've been. If they're not, then the Mets have two old guys, and they're screwed. Maybe shame on me for relying on old guys, but I think they'll both turn it around and get where they need to be by the uh, by the end of the year. I'm highly confident in that. All right, um, let's talk some NBA. Last night, not a surprise. Well, first of all, let me go back to Wednesday night because we did the preview. Of course, with Mike Missinelli, uh, you may have seen that at Bet Rivers. Little preview: we we projected the um, uh, the, the actually we did the over under on James Harden's points in that game, and he did go under, as Mike said. And as I was interviewing Mike for that preview um, Wednesday morning, the line in that game at Bet Rivers changed from ten to seven and a half, so it meant that the assumption was that Joel Joel Embiid was going to play which, in fact, he did, which I didn't understand because the, 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 the Sixers had won a game in Boston and you just knew they weren't going to win two. And if I were the Sixers, and I said this the other day, I wouldn't play Embiid until they lost a game. So they ended up playing him in game two. They got absolutely boat raced by 34 points. And, you know, Embiid was all right, but um, I think you wasted some minutes on his body. Now they he didn't play a ton of minutes, twenty seven, but they got smoked. You knew it was gonna. You just knew it was gonna happen. Obviously, the game was over in the third quarter, 
Um, so, but uh, good job by Mike getting the uh, the under on that one. Last night in the preview, we talked with uh, Mike uh, with uh, Bobby Valentine. We had Bobby yesterday in the preview talking about the NL East. But anyway, let's get back uh, to the NBA. Last night, not a surprise, just like Wednesday night, after the Warriors lost game one to the Lakers, I don't care what anybody says publicly, the Lakers were happy to win one game on the road, just like Philly was. Uh, Steph Curry didn't even have a monster game, but it was more than enough for Golden State, who put up 41 in the second quarter and 43 in the third quarter and won by 27, despite only scoring 17 in the fourth quarter. Obviously, guys got some rest. Curry, uh, Clay Thompson led the Warriors with 31 minutes. Uh, he had 30 points to lead the team in scoring. Steph Curry had 20 points, four rebounds, 12 assists. He shot it well. He and Clay were combined 11 for 16 from three. Uh, the Warriors shot it very well from three, 50%. And if you take out Dante DiVincenzo off the bench, uh, outside of him, they were 19 to 34. Uh, well over 50% from three. So that series, no surprise, uh, now tied at one. Uh, tonight in the NBA, two games, game three, Boston-Philly. That game in Philadelphia. Let me give you the latest Bet Rivers uh, line on that game. Uh, the Celtics are a two-point favorite in Philly. And then the other game tonight is the Nuggets and Suns game three in Phoenix. Obviously, the Nuggets have been great so far in the playoffs. They're 6-1. and one. They've been the best team in the playoffs. and the But they are an underdog for the first time. A four-and-a-half-point dog in Phoenix for Game 3 tonight. Knicks, by the way, are a three-and-a-half-point dog at the Heat tomorrow in Game uh, 2 of that series. I'm sorry, Game 3 of that series. That series is tied 1-1. And tomorrow night, Warriors-Lakers Game 3. The Lakers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite in L.A. And, of course, as we mentioned, that series is tied 1-1. Getting back to baseball for a second, let me give you my pick of the day. I like the Reds today. They are minus 113 on the money line, hosting the god-awful Chicago White Sox. Now, the Reds aren't particularly good either, but the pitcher for the Reds today is a guy I really like, a young pitcher by the name of Hunter Green. Now, I won yesterday with the Orioles. Part of the reason I liked them was their young pitcher, Grayson Rodriguez, who did not pitch well, but they they outhit it. However, Hunter Green, this is a young pitcher, just got extended by Cincinnati, I love this kid. He's pitching really well. Um, his last three starts, 14 innings. He's given up 12 hits, three runs, but only one earned, five walks, and 17 strikeouts. He has been excellent. He's not given up a, a – well, he gave a home run on opening day against the Pirates, and he's not given up a home run since. Good young arm. Uh, by, by all accounts, a nice young man. He's going to turn 24 years old this summer. He's a, a really nice player. So that's uh, anyway, that's my, my pick today with the Reds. All right, the Kentucky Derby is this weekend, of course. And joining me now to uh, give his prediction, the horse racing guru himself, Brian Monzo. Are you excited about the Kentucky Derby? How is the field? Uh, the field is, we say this about the Derby every year. The field is a couple of potential superstars and then me and you are running. Mm. How so, many horses total? The Derby's always big field. 20, Usually. 20. 20 is the max. Oh, it is 20. Yes. And some horses scratch and other horses get in, which we have yesterday. So yeah. 
Uh, the field's all over that. So, all right. You want to pick here? I'm going to give you. Here's yeah. what I'm going to give you. I'm always against the favorite. I think in a 20 horse field, you got to take uh, a chance. Why, why take the shortest price on the board? Angel of Empire, eight to one on the morning line, is going to be my top pick. Angel of Empire, a real long shot. I like Disarm, thirty to one mm. on the morning line. So, uh, if you want two bucks on Disarm, you're getting thirty to one on the morning line. Also, nice. want to give you a pick today for the Kentucky Oaks. Well, we can't leave the girls out, right? Yeah. So uh, today is the Kentucky Oaks Friday Wonder Wheel, twelve to one on the morning line. Post time at five fifty Eastern. So Kentucky Oaks Wonder Wheel, Kentucky Derby. Angel of Empire. There will be a graphic uh, by Bet Rivers with all these picks. Myself, yeah. Lucas, Francesa. So stay tuned for top picks for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, is Mike with you on Angel of Empire or no? I don't know who Mike's top pick is yet. Oh, is he doing it today? He's gonna. Yeah, he'll. he'll pull, I'll get his text at some point, and the graphic mm. will be out for everybody. Is that is Angel of Empire the second choice, third choice? Uh, right now, third uh, third choice in the morning line. Okay. Very good. Always fun. Always a fun event to watch. The trip, first of the Triple Crown races. Think per, Percentage chance we have a Triple Crown winner this year. I would. I mean, anything can happen. There's no superstar in this field right now. All right, so not expected. You never know. Maybe a, ho- a horse emerges and we're feeling differently after the Derby. It could happen. happened before. Hey, listen, all you need to do is get to the Belmont Stakes. You know, you got to get to the Belmont Stakes with a horse with a chance to make it really exciting. That's right. And then you got to race that long race, long, long race. All right, Monzo, good job out of you. Thanks for producing today. That's going to do it for this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Uh, I'll be back on Monday with the Bull in Cleveland. I'll have another preview today. We'll be previewing the Nuggets game tonight against the Suns coming up on Bet Rivers. So a lot going on. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week right here in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.